0: everything fluctuates according to the environment to the temperature to the season to how much water is in the ground like the way that things work in nature is always very very adaptive to sort of what's going on and flowers don't get hard on themselves because they're not growing at a particular pre-measured pace so we can at least be kinder to ourselves than plants are
1: In Your Element is a teen hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring people. Our guests will include educators, creators, and change makers who will reflect on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element, and things they wish they had known as a teenager. In Your Element is a part of the Element Collective, the first gamified life skills mobile app for teen girls. Download the app to earn exclusive rewards and get connected directly with mentors like the guests that you'll hear from on the show. You will probably be on your phone anyway. It might as well be fun and productive because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for the conversation.
1: Yeah. So something that you focus on is, am I good enough? Like on your LinkedIn profile, you talk about how you're a professional overthinker and I have never related to anything more. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm so glad that's relatable.
1: (laughs) So much. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people relate immensely to that. Um, What makes you say that?
0: well i mean because it's true (laughs) i overthink everything and it's interesting because it relates to the the theme of what we want to talk about today right that question of am i good enough you know and for really most of my life i thought like overthinking things was a problem right that it Mm -hmm. was something that i should um if not feel bad about that, that that i should like make fun of myself for or hide or apologize for. And then I realized, you know, this is part of the magic of what makes me who I am. I I really like using my mind. I like being in my mind. And too often, girls and women are discouraged from seeing themselves as as people that can do that and have that be not only okay, but a kind of awesome thing. So I hit a point actually just earlier this year, I thought, you know what, the best way I can describe, you know, what I'm sort of most proud of being able to do, it's it's overthinking. I can overthink literally anything. (laughs) <laughs> that exactly. you threw at me. And it's a superpower.
1: It really is. Um, so I just realized that I was so excited to talk to you that I just jumped straight in. Um, tell me about yourself and why am I good enough is so important to you and who you are.
0: Well, I spent the I spent the first almost the first half, I guess, of my adult life, um, being an academic, I and I assumed that I would stay an academic that I would teach at university, I taught political philosophy. Um, I loved I loved living in a world of books and studies and lectures. And this is not something that my daughter can deeply relate <laughs> to. But I, I loved school, I, I, I really, really loved studying. And I studied what I thought was a really, really interesting area. What I what I studied was is how the stories that we tell about girls and women shape how we think about girls and women. And so I looked how we do that in... we how we used to do that in fairy tales and folklore and mythology but also in more mainstream storytelling so i spent a long time thinking about why it is that girls and women and anybody who identifies on a spectrum of femaleness or femininity is likely to not think of themselves as having the capacity to be extraordinary or to do great things and i eventually sort of found my way out of the university system because I became very interested in how the stories that we tell on the internet um, shape how we think about who we are and how much power we have and that led me through a variety of different spaces including the Walt Disney Company where I was head of content for the interactive division for for quite a while where I worked on a number of the Walt Disney Company's stories um, including the princess franchise and then started building things on my own to think about how do we how can we tell better stories not just to girls and women but how can we encourage better and more storytelling by girls and women to challenge some of these ideas like this idea that we're never actually good enough so i guess the the too long don't read of that is that i have for a very long time been overthinking the question of why girls and women tend to think that they're not good enough there's so many routes that i could take
1: (laughs) with your whole life it's incredible so um disney that's awesome tell me about how that happened for you because that's that's pretty cool
0: It it, it was cool. It it was also a weird thing. I never ever in a million years expected to end up there. I mean, I used to teach classes, you know, at the university level about how Disney's approach to fairy tales was very problematic, right? I was very critical of princesses. When I had Mm. my kids, I was very, very strict about how much Disney content (sighs) they consumed. But I (laughs) I was, you know, this is, I was being a very good woke feminist mom, right? Um, but then I was, you know, I, I helped build a media company that the Walt Disney Company decided to buy. And when um. they bought the company, they bought me. And because they bought me, I found myself inside the company very unexpectedly, still having all of these criticisms of a lot of the the stories that they told. Um, but... I, you know, I realized I, I had some power and some privilege in being brought into the company in that way. So I decided to use my powers for good and to use them to, you know, to to push more conversations about what kinds of princess stories were being told, for example, and what kinds of toys were being sold, you know, how many characters of color there might be, right? How many queer characters might be represented? So I, you know, I, I came in sort of accidentally in a way. Um, Um, But it was a really, really interesting place to be. And I learned a lot about storytelling. And I learned a lot about media and entertainment. And it was cool. I met lots of cool people and did lots of fun stuff. Um, But it was also an opportunity for me to try to change some of the things that I've been critical about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, What were some things that you learned about Disney or about how girls view themselves from being at Disney?
0: I think I I learned to think more flexibly, right? I had been, when I was, when I was an academic, I was very critical of princesses for of Disney princesses, for example. Um, but once I was inside the company, and once I was spending more time talking with families and with kids and with girls about princesses, it became clear that there was that, that, that there was a lot that, that was good about princesses. And what I didn't want to do was to, um, to push the idea of princesses being problematic, because they're too pretty and too focused on love and that sort of thing. It became clear that there was like a lot of really, really good stuff in in the fairy tales, the way that Disney was telling them, and that there were a lot of, of really interesting things that you can do when you when you take those seriously. And when you don't just look at them through a critical lens. The other thing I learned, and this was something that, that I took with me when I left the company was just how important it is to listen to the people who are consuming the stories, you know, with Disney fairy tales—it's it's it's kids and families, right? With stories for and by girls, it's it's girls, and you know you, you may be able to appreciate this in your relationship with adults, but sometimes, many times, most often, adults don't get why kids or girls or anybody might like certain things. Right. So I had to learn to, um, be much more open-minded than I was, you know, and to let girls speak for themselves about what they liked and not to have my own ideas about what's good for girls. Right. To have it be more about what, what do girls think is good for girls. What do girls want to be good for girls. What, What, what stories would girls tell if they could tell them themselves and didn't have to rely on adults telling them for them.
1: That's incredible. Um, I think that's something that I've struggled with for a while is like, nobody, the adults don't understand. So being able to have somebody who's like, no, let's, let's listen. And especially with something as huge as Disney being like, no, let's, let's listen to their voices because it's literally geared towards them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love
0: that. It's really, really hard for adults to do that. So totally. in small defensive, exactly. <laughs> adults, it, no, because it's hard for me. Really, really hard yeah. for me. And I was, I was trying really hard. So, um, but it, it, it makes such a huge difference. It makes yeah. such a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and that's why I respect you even more because it's very rare to find an adult who truly is able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes and try to understand. Yeah. Um going off of Disney. <laughs> um, what were you like as a teenager? Were you somebody who thought, no, I'm not good enough? Or were you somebody who was always like, yes, I'm totally good enough. I got this.
0: Oh, it's a- that's such a good question. Um, I think, you know, I want to say that I was super intense as a teenager, but I think <laughs> probably... Many teenagers would describe themselves as super intense because you, it's, I think it's more common than we think to have really intense emotions, right? Yeah. And ideas. Um, my, my parents were awesome and they always told me that I was more than enough and they were super, super supportive and, you know, were really, really good about, um, supporting my confidence and empowering me. But you know, and I I now know, like, there's actually research that shows this It's like really, really the vast majority of teenagers don't, especially teenage girls don't think that they're enough, right? So I was like the vast majority of teenagers back when I was one, thinking that I was never going to be good enough, I was never going to be as good as the popular kids in my school or Teenagers, usually played by adults that I saw in movies or what yeah. have you, I was, I was very, very insecure and uncertain. And I think that from the standpoint of adulthood, now I can look back and go, wow, like, like it wasn't just me, right? I wasn't the only one who felt weird and unusual and intense and like I might not be good enough. But because it's such a tricky, vulnerable thing to explore, You know, it it just wasn't something that I really talked about with anybody. So I felt like I think many teenagers do. Like I was very unusual that I was uniquely tortured, that I was uniquely intense, (laughs) that I was uniquely weird um, and, you know, that I had unique challenges. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) I think every single teenager thinks that they nobody else knows what they're going through when actually the majority of teenagers are going through something extremely similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I had to realize um, when a lot of stuff happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, other people actually experience the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so when I think of being good enough for a large portion of my life, it basically just had to do with if I was good enough for others. Um, and I feel like that's probably not the best way to think of it. Um, so how can teens and just women and girls try to shift their thinking to being good enough for themselves
0: rather than others? Uh, it, it, it's a great question. It's a tough question, because I think yeah. there, there are two things actually that, that are important to do with that question. One is to ask questions about what, what do we mean by good? Right. right. Like, what what does that even mean for us? And, And to your point, I think it's something that we need to figure out how to define for ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves to set our own standards for what is good. What does that mean? Right? Like, what are our own dreams and ambitions and things that we want to achieve? And to measure if we're going to measure it by our own standards, right? For some human beings, like, what's good is just being able to get out of bed in the morning and cope, right? You know, sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it's like writing a thing that you're proud of, or creating a thing that you're proud of, or, you know, you know, getting exercise or being kind to other people or feeling loved or cared for, right? Like how we understand good, I think is important question to ask ourselves, like, what do I mean when I say I want to be good enough? Like, what do I mean by good? Right. And then the second part of that question is what's enough and for who, right? You're saying it exactly the right way. It's like, what does enough mean? Like there's a suggestion there that there's some, there's some measure that we have to hit. Yeah. Yeah. That there, that there's some bar and whether that bar is for ourselves or for others. In the first case, you're absolutely right that what enough means for others should be something that we're doing our very, very best to have some distance from. It doesn't mean it ever goes away entirely. Right. right there's there're always people measuring us and judging us but we have to lot let that be the most important consideration and then we have to ask ourselves like well what does enough mean for me right because when we ask you know as as we were saying you know earlier in the conversation that we often give each other a lot of space to take risks and to fail and to screw up and to you know to to just be human and we need to give that to ourselves right yeah. you know and 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 be aware too that that can change on any given day like today right today is like this slow weird cloudy day you know my son was sick for over a week and so it feels mm-hmm. like what is enough for me today is just to like <laughs> brush my hair yep totally <laughs> make it on time to this podcast drink a lot of water answer some emails and be like you know what that's enough for today right like i can be happy with that for myself and who cares what anyone else thinks
1: yeah it's really difficult for people they think that you know the expectation stays the same every day for them but no it's okay if one day you're like i can't do as much today knowing that it's okay that you're not in the right mental space to to do what you did yesterday
0: that's exactly right
1: yeah yeah, that's something that I've struggled with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say too, sorry to interrupt you, is that it, it's no, not no, just no. okay. Like it's, like, it's natural. Like, there's nothing in nature that grows according to a fixed schedule. Exactly. It's not like flowers grow like one exact inch <laughs> every single day, right? It's like everything fluctuates according to the environment, to the temperature, to the season, to how much water is in the ground. The way that things work in nature is... Always very, very adaptive to sort of what's right. going on, and flowers don't get hard on themselves because they're not you know <laughs> growing at a particular premeasured pace. so we can at least be kinder to ourselves than than plants are.
1: <sighs> I love that. <laughs> That's such a good life motto. Be nicer to yourself than plants <laughs> Yeah, be at that. least
0: a, Be at least as nice to yourself as a plant is to itself.
1: That's perfect. I'm gonna start living by that, <laughs> yeah, um, so if you could go back and talk to your teenage self, what would you say? Would you say, be as hard on yourself as a plant would be, or <laughs> what advice would you give?
0: Yeah, I think that the two things that I would go back to say well one would be to to not be as hard on myself as yeah. I was, I would say, I, I didn't go by Catherine. Then I went by Kathy. So I'd be like, Kathy, you know, <laughs> you're just being way, way, way too hard on yourself and you don't need to be right. And she would probably roll her eyes at me because that's <laughs> what ups so always say, right. Yep. But the, I, what I would want her to know is that when she gets, into her advanced adulthood. She's going to become aware of how really absolutely awesome she was and is, and her perspective is going to change. And that the way she's gonna look at herself years ahead is going to be in a way that really sees how extraordinary she is. And so I would tell her, too, that all those things that you think, you know, that stuff that you think sort of late at night, you go to bed, it's like, what do I like about myself? What do I think I'm good at? What do I what do I think people don't see in me? I'm going to say people are going to see it. Right. People are going to discover all of the awesome in you. And there's no fixed schedule to adhere to. And it doesn't have to happen when you're 14 or 16 or 18 or 21. You know, it'll happen in its own time. And you're going to be so proud of you someday and you're going to want you to come back and say to grown up you (laughs) keep being awesome and cool and and doing everything that you're doing so yeah it would be i I guess it's a combination of what you suggested of saying like (laughs) chill out like don't be so hard on yourself and also like really know that 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 you're already awesome and it's not something that's just over the hill over there as a possibility it's already there
1: you give very good advice man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm glad I, I i am glad to hear that
1: yeah um i have one last question for you where can everybody else find more of you and all of your awesome work
0: uh well you know i'm i'm in most of the usual social spaces you know my my handle on twitter and instagram is at her bad mother so got the mother identity fully in there you know if you if you google my name i'll come up i have a book that you can find on amazon called the feminine revolution um but yeah people can find me there awesome thank you so much
1: for talking to me